Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Here we go. We are we are deep into the show now. We are going to wade right in to the details of the stories that matter most. Right now, we're going to focus our attention squarely on an announcement made just last week by the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, specifically the Student and Exchange Visitor Program. They under, of course, the guidance of President Donald Trump, as all of these agencies, executive agencies, that is, are under his authority. It was announced last week that this SEVP, the Student and Exchange Visitor Program, had announced modifications to temporary exemptions for non-immigrant students taking online classes due to the pandemic for the fall 2020 semester. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security plans to publish the procedures and responsibilities in the Federal Register as a temporary final rule. Okay, so what am I talking about? That is all lead-in to these three main points which have so interrupted the planning uh, and the plans made by both universities across this country and international students hoping to either come to this country or remain in this country and pursue their higher education degrees. So here are those, uh, he, here are the temporary exemptions and the modifications to such which will uh, impact the students. Now we know very basically that uh, essentially if the, if the school is not offering full-time or at least uh, part-time in-class instruction, if it is exclusively online, then the students that are here using either F1 or M1 student visas, they're going to have to either leave or will not be granted entry. Here is the specific language which brings that to pass and which is responsible for the conversation we're having today, not only here on this radio program, but in a federal courtroom in Boston. So that hearing starts in about eight minutes, and a judge will decide whether or not uh, these universities will be able to get at least a temporary reprieve from what's been handed down by the Trump administration, uh, which reads, non-immigrant F1 and M1 students attending schools operating entirely online may not take a full online course load and remain in the United States. The U.S. Department of State will not issue visas to students enrolled in schools and or programs that are fully online for the fall semester, nor will U.S. Customs and Border Protection permit these students to enter the United States. Active students currently in the United States enrolled in such programs must depart the country or take other measures such as transferring to a school with in-person instruction to remain in lawful status. If not, 
they may face immigration consequences, including, but not limited to, the initiation of removal proceedings. That's deportation. Uh, second point reads, non-immigrant F1 students attending schools operating under normal in-person classes are bound by existing federal regulations. Eligible F students may take a maximum of one class or three credit hours online. All right. Uh, the third point uh, says very basically non-immigrant F1 students attending schools adopting a hybrid model. That is a mixture of online and in-person classes will be allowed to take more than one class or three credit hours online. So the, la the, the first point is if your school is all online, sorry, your visa doesn't get you into the country. Uh, and then that third point there is if your school offers a hybrid model where some of the instruction is in class, in person, and some of it is online, you better be enrolled for at least three credit hours in person or your visa will not allow you entry into this country. <clears throat> what do you think about that? How does that strike you? Do you think it's fair? And then is it fair to who? There are really three groups of people here involved. There are American citizens. There are the international students who would like to pursue higher education here. And then there are those institutions themselves. Now, how does this ruling impact those three groups? Well, uh, for the institutions of higher learning, they may not be able to collect as much tuition. All right. And they may not be able to enjoy the academic excellence which is brought here to this country by so many seeking this type of F-1 visa. Now, what about those who would talk about the health ramifications of international students coming here to the United States to the tune of hundreds of thousands, possibly? Is there a, is there a health risk there? I, I know that the president and many governors around this, around this country uh, have received criticism for how they have handled uh, this coronavirus outbreak. But uh, we have, and you have to admit, uh, compared to many countries, we have done relatively well. There are some ways of measuring the impact the coronavirus has had on our society and, and, and broadly our country that are far better than the way other countries have fared. There's a hearing. Starts in about four minutes. It's in a courtroom in Boston, Massachusetts, where, according to the Boston Globe, a federal judge will decide whether or not to put a restraining order in place, uh, halting the ramifications of this ruling. Now, this is really it. This, the decision that will be made in now, uh, well, within the hour or so, the hearing will start in just a few minutes. That decision will really decide how school will be experienced this coming fall. Because <clears throat> we've, seen, we've seen orders like this before. We have seen uh, temporary restraining orders put in place on, on decisions made by President Trump. You think back to DACA. And how long ago uh, was that restraining order put in place, ultimately uh, waiting for the Supreme Court to weigh in? In fact, uh, coincidentally or not, the lawsuit, which has been filed by, uh, by Harvard and MIT, makes reference to the Administrative Procedure Act. Do you remember the last time you and I dug into the Administrative Procedure Act? Yeah, it was when the DACA stuff was happening, when the Supreme Court 
handed down its decision about DACA and how the president's move, his executive order, <clears throat> uh, was was not proper because it had not sufficiently adhered <clears throat> to the requirements contained within the Administrative Procedure Act. Harvard and MIT are saying the exact same thing. So we'll see how that works out. Specifically, Harvard and MIT says that the Trump administration, uh, specifically ICE, uh, didn't properly consider the, the the ramifications and the logistical hurdles through which so many would have to jump to uh, bring this order to bear. <clears throat> that, uh, it turns out, is one of the requirements of the Administrative Procedure Act. But that's one side of things. How about the other side? Press Secretary Kelly McEnany says that foreign students don't get visas for other online-only schools. The policy speaks for itself. You know, you don't get a visa for taking online classes from, let's say, University of Phoenix. Uh, so why would you if you were just taking online classes generally? Um, and I would note with regard to Harvard and MIT suing over this, and all due respect to my former alma mater, uh, perhaps the better lawsuit would be coming from students who have to pay full tuition uh, with no access to in-person classes to attend. Now, how about that point? An online-only school, you don't get a visa to come here and participate in that school. Now, I understand the circumstances are, are far different and that the online and remote learning aspects of schools today are in response to the coronavirus. But it's not a bad point, nonetheless. Anyway, uh, Weber State University... University of Utah and Westminster College have signed on to this amicus brief. In the next segment, we'll be speaking with the president of Weber State University, friend of mine, Brad Morton, sir, will join us on Live Mic.